You are on a panel. What in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> So this uh, episode begins the way last episode ended. If you li- if you listen to the entire outro in the last episode, there's a little carrot at the end, which was Nick shouting, you were on a panel, which what has happened? never been shouted before. What happened? Never been shouted before. Never. I don't know. Not even the biggest <laughs> panel fan in the world has ever thought to shout it. I'm sorry, dog. It's ridiculous. Every time I, re- I listen back to our episodes, and my main prevailing thought, is why does anyone associate with me? Why would anybody ever want to be friends with me, hang out with me, talk to me? Why would anybody ever want? I don't, I don't, that's my prevailing thought after every chicken neck. I have to reevaluate my life. I, I, I could understand that, and I get that, um, as Mamie would say, and I understand that, and I understand that. <laughs> and I understand that, and I understand that. Uh, but. That is something that has never... You are on a panel! Like, that's never been shouted before in the... In the you hist- are on a panel! In the history of anything, you are on a panel, which is... Yes, I was on a panel with Golik and Herm Edwards, and you just uh, shouted... You are on a panel! Jeez. <laughs> good, so, I can't even so justify dumb. it. I just can't do it. I really can't. It's not good, Doug. <laughs> not good at all. Not a lot of good things. Can I just uh, say that I get here. a little stressed? I want to let's let's let people behind the curtain here. I'm officially you at are the on point. A panel? I am on a panel of stress. So we usually record this mug on a Thursday or a Friday, and we release it on a Monday, not a Tuesday, a Monday. Okay. And anymore, the amount of crazy news and different things that can happen in the span of 24, 36, 48, whatever, 72 hours. I mean, you can feel real dated by the time this mug drops. So, I mean, we dropped it, then the Pac-12 just got their demand game right in the meantime. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we could, you feel like Taylor Swift real dated, right? (laughs) Is it bad that I had to Google celebrities who have dated a lot just for the joke? I just had to do that. She really, that's I good. Couldn't think that's, of any. Taylor Swift's high on that list, huh? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, who else is high on that list? Uh, a Rod. Uh, let's see. The uh, Johnny Depp, George Clooney, <laughs> Donald Trump, Cameron Diaz. <laughs> yeah. Kate Hudson, Kim Kardashian, the president. You know, just. <laughs> it's pretty. Pretty normal stuff. Oh, pretty normal. Not gonna lie to you, it's all pretty normal. But it's true. Like we are in a pandemic. You are on a panel, and uh, there is so much happening. Back in March, if Fauci or someone would just come to the mic and just said, "We are in a pandemic," everybody would have just shaped (laughs) shaped up. You have to shout. You can't express concern really without shouting. You are on a panel. Uh, you know, you just can't. You have to express. You have to express the proper amount of distress. You are on a panel. You know, and 
it just has to just has to come out the right way. Right. Um, but yeah, let's continue to pull the curtain back and so everyone can see us showering. I don't know what but um, but last week we recorded on Friday. We're like, man, I hope they don't release that Big Ten schedule. Don't release the schedule. You are on a panel. And, <laughs> and thankfully they didn't. And they pushed it back to, you know, Wednesday. And then, you know, some other bad news came out. So like, you know what? Let's we're going to do Tuesday. Let's do let's do it Wednesday. We'll release the schedule. You are on a panel. This is just nuts, dog. I don't even. What do you want to talk it's about? So silly. It's just, just crazy. So silly. There's you a know? lot. I mean, there's a lot to discuss. Oh, um, I, golly. I feel like <laughs> I feel like a lot of things right now. Yeah, I know you do, dog. Um, when conferences like the Big Ten are releasing their schedules, <laughs> this is like the when they send out these schedules. This is the save the date you receive from a couple that's about to get married, but the couple has had an extremely volatile relationship. Perfect. <laughs> You've heard reports that their premarital counseling has been a train wreck. You're planning on going to the wedding. But you are making sure you, A, have the receipt to the gift. Uh, you're not buying a plane ticket to the wedding until the week of the wedding. Maybe you'll get a Southwest saver the day before. <laughs> you know, it's like this is all giving us great hope. But, like, four weeks seems like four years. Doesn't it? And, yeah, you're invited, but you're in the overflow room anyway. You yeah. can't even go to the game. No. You're, <laughs> you can't even go to the game. You're right. I mean, there's there's excitement, but there's just there still is that element of – I even think on September 4th, October 4th. September 4th. September 4th. October 4th. September 4th. <laughs> I still, there are a lot of people, by the way, who were very upset that we have not – Use that enough. We we talked about the you know the schedules and the the buys yeah, the bye weeks. Sorry. Enjoy your buys. Yeah, right. we'll we'll get to that. Sorry, yeah, everyone. We apologize. can't we can't be on top of everything. Yeah, I, but I, even on September fourth, I am not going to believe that Nebraska Rutgers is happening and on September fifth until I actually see it. Even fifteen minutes before the game, I'm be like, I don't totally buy it, Doug. I I'll believe it when I see it. But you you bring up the the wedding analogy. What does it say? about me that Dana Altman called me about every week leading up to my wedding date about a month out and he would call me be like, hey ball hey bud this wedding's still on bud I'm, it was all because he was <laughs> it was all because he was postponed or he was delaying a trip like a Nike basketball trip in like Cancun with Reeve he was like, hey, bud, we, you're, this wedding's still going on, bud? And I'm like, yeah, it's going on, coach. He's like, all right, bud, just check it. I'll call you next week. Next week, same Oh, thing. I don't know. I don't know, coach. Oh, no, Nick. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, coach. Still got to get the right amount of boosters involved in this wedding here. But he – so clearly, clearly Coach Altman didn't have any George Michael in me, you know? No, he didn't have any faith. I, I am um, – <laughs> It's it's very true, and the analogies are are appropriate because even Kevin Warren, when he announces the schedule, is like, "Now this doesn't mean we're going to have a season. This is hey, here's the invitation to the wedding. It doesn't mean we're getting married. It just means you're invited, and this is when it's supposed to happen." Okay, 
don't you dare hold me to this ceremony oh, here because uh, a lot can a lot can happen. It's not good. How like, about Nebraska? Very, very, get, I mean, and Nebraska's like, all right, we got a schedule. All right, perfect. Okay. All right. Where's our first game? I'm sorry. What? Where? Rona Island? We're going to Coronaville. Rutgers of all the places. Rutgers doesn't even want to play at Rutgers. You know what I'm saying, Doug? Is it near Coney Island? Coney Island. <laughs> October 4th. September 4th. It's, uh, yeah, it's like, did they just get a third bye week? Are they even going to play that game? Unbelievable. And everybody's hey, getting their who- opt-out game right. By the time this airs, Ohio State collectively is going to opt out. I mean, there's so many teams. Rondell Moore. Basically, if you would write down the top five players in the Big Ten, three of them, three of the top five to ten players have, have said, no, no, not going to play. No, no. Well, I'll say this. Things have gotten so bad that Adrian Martinez is now a top five player in the Big Ten. How dare you? On behalf of everyone in the 402, how dare you? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I like him. I'm just kidding. Um, Nebraska's yeah, going to wax that ass now because everybody's opting out. Wait, hold on a second. In the old show, you used to say wax and then pause. Yeah, and all then right, you want it. me to do it? Okay, wait. Nebraska's going to wax that ass. Do you think Scott Frost every day is like, it's like a president asking for the daily briefing, the daily (laughs) intelligence report. Scott Frost is walking into his office, mask on, but asking, "Uh, Debbie, do you have the latest opt-out report? Uh, Yes, I do. It's on your desk. I mean, he pulls it up, and I mean, some of the names he sees, it's like, yes. Is it? Let Let me just... Here we go. I hate to do this. All right. But <laughs> Just preparing. I'm bracing myself. I'm verbally bracing myself. Your verbally. preventative dismissals and uh, rejections of what I'm about uh, to say. Right. When, some, when you're about to say something, the person you're talking to starts doing like, okay, all right. You're like, I will, you are, I will put you on a panel. You are on a panel. That sounds like punishment. I'm going to put you on a panel. <laughs> no one wants to be on a panel in all reality. Unless no. you're with Herm and Big a- Big Mike. Panel. All right. <laughs> okay, I derailed um, your thought. Okay, what are you going to say? Um, it's going to be mean to everybody? What does it tell you about the Nebraska football program and the state of the program right now that there is no one on this team that you are concerned about opting out? Hey, Chick, time out. I'll take that a step further. Not only are you not concerned about anybody opting out, did you see all the tweets the day the Big Ten schedule was announced? Not only only is there's nobody opting out, every single player tweeted something extremely grateful and thankful to the University of Nebraska and how badly they want to play football. Let's just say Roger Goodell's not going to be calling anybody's name anytime soon. If you know what I mean, like you could connect the dots between, you know, first round picks. Yeah, you're you're going to opt out if you are a first round pick and have no shot at a national championship. We already know the latter is true for Nebraska. I dare you. I'm the, everybody. <laughs> Enough people opt out. I you mean, better not- you better be careful, dog. Enough people opt out. Nebraska about to win this time, boy. <laughs> that, is, that is really true. There's no um, doubt, man. But 
But you're but right. You, but you're right. There were a lot of players within five minutes of each other uh, tweeting out how, like, Cade Warner, thankful for Nebraska, creating an environment that prioritized our health and safety. Now let's nice. play some football. Hashtag we want to play. Nice. Uh, Colin Miller, Ben Still. Like, they're all tweeting these types of things. And it felt like. I liked it, first of all. Oh, no, I liked it. I like it. It's, it's but it fun. Felt- review of our show <laughs> i like it it's it's fun <laughs> <laughs> which by the way was the review we asked one of our uh people who sat in with us yeah, an intern <laughs> i guess you could call it we had a handful of interns one of them was chris we just labeled him crazy chris <laughs> uh, i don't think he had a lot of sports interest but we had, which is perfect for the show, but we said, Chris, how would you sum up this show? And he, I like it. It's it's fun. That was it. Glowing <laughs> review. It. It's great. I don't know if that's going to drop. I like up a it. Lot it's it's fun. It's like, what'd you think of that restaurant? Uh, I like it. Food was good. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's it's fun. Yeah, thanks. But I felt like those Nebraska football players. It felt like the Twitter version of hostage vid- of hostage video, <laughs> where it's. Thank you for treating us so well. We are looking forward to playing hashtag we want to play. Thank you. Thank you. Everything's going well. Every, we're being fed three full meals a day. Uh, They're taking care of our every need. They allow us to get haircuts and phone calls to our parents. Everything is good. Thank you. But like, but you tweet it so you can't tell they're reading it, right? So it's, uh, it, it, but it, it was, was, it was, it was it was orchestrated good. to the umpteenth degree. I mean, I was crunk because, you know, it doesn't take a lot to get me crunk. And, you know, I want to see some Husker football, but there's no question that it was. It's interesting where you have, you contrast it with with other programs and players opting out. And Nebraska's tweeting, um, all the players are pretty much tweeting things that are expressing how grateful they are. Which which is good. I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, you know, they should be like grateful. Uh, life is, yeah, I like it. It's fun. I like it's, it. It's fun. Um, you know? I like it. It's it's fun. All right, Chris. That would have been good. If Chris uh, was a player no. for the Nebraska football team, he would have been like, uh, he just would have tweeted, I like it. It's fun in response to in response to the, the schedule being announced. <laughs> I like it. It's it's fun. Okay. You sound like you're really ramming up, ramping up the play there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, you think about it. So you had... Three of the top five players, essentially, in the Big Ten. Maybe the top three players in the Big Ten. I you mean, could make that argument outside of Justin Fields. Micah Allen Parsons, Rashad Which... Jason Bateman, and Rondale Michael Moore. <laughs> Wait a second. You went Michael Moore on that? Who would you go with? I don't know. Not as... Rondale J. Moore. Nice. My fault, Jay. Shouts out to Elkhorn. My fault, brother. I like it. It's it's fun. Okay, Chris. Jeez, get out of here. <laughs> Calm down, Chris. He should, okay. have a, he should have a job by now. He should. Yeah, but I mean, and Nebraska um, plays all those all those dudes, you know? I mean, I bet Barrett Root and Eric Chenander were just heartbroken to see that Rondell Michael Moore was was getting out of here. That boy is nice. He's he's, he's great. I, I like felt him. like I like him. He's he's good. I like it. It's it's fun. Um I feel like with him, it's like when Tua decided to go pro, it's like you just got this glimpse. You just got you, you only got a little taste of Rondell Moore, and now he's gone, and you hope he gets drafted to a good spot and you can see him flourish, but you didn't get to see him at the his best year was his freshman year well, that he was hurt. hurt. Then yes. last year he's yeah, last year it's a few he's a few games and he's hurt, and it's just a 
just a bummer to see this stuff. And Micah Allen Parsons, thank you for that. Uh, he's go- he's serious. He's yeah. <laughs> he looked in that eye in the sky and he was serious and said, "You know what, Mike Allen Parsons has got to opt out, and I've got to be on a panel." You are on a panel. Micah Allen Parsons was serious about his decision. I'm raising Thank the roof. If people can't see me, I'm legit raising the roof. Oh, that's so good. All of these, look, Rashad Bateman, Rashad Jason Bateman, yeah, Mr. Teen Wolf himself, <laughs> Teen Wolf 2. Come on, update yeah, it. Those are family. We got to update your references. That's true. As the guy that just How referenced about the out- Allen Parsons project. <laughs> How about The Outsider? HBO. That was Let's a decent do that. show. The Let's outsider. go that. Okay. Let's accept he was on that. He got killed, and um, Rashad Jason Bateman just killed Minnesota's chances of winning the West. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if I'm a first-round pick, I'm not. If I'm a guaranteed first-round pick, what incentive do I have if I'm not going to win a national championship? Right? Like, if I don't have a chance right. to make the college football play. And you could say Penn State did. But, man, is the road being paved in gold for Ohio State right oh, yeah. now? Like, there's no Micah Parsons, so that trip to Penn State gets a little uh, – gets just a tad easier. <laughs> and then <laughs> – Do they play Rashad Jason Bateman or Rondell Michael Moore? And then, yeah, that trip to Purdue. They're 3-5 and five at Purdue. They're getting that ass waxed at Purdue lately. Uh happening in our show i don't know if that's entirely accurate but yeah ohio state's gonna win this thing um i think that's pretty much you know if they don't win the big 10 then then obviously it's because the season was cut short but i feel like all of these players they are pulling a page out of kramer's playbook i'm out (laughs) except the uh, the difference is they're taking their money they're not they're taking it off the table and they are walking to the NFL. I'm out. I'm, I'm waiting for the tweet with just that gif. Is it a gif or a gif? I go gif. Yeah, it started out as gif. The correct thing is gif, but people believe that it's we've gone too far, so uh, they just say right. gif. I just want to see someone to throw some love to Kramer in this thing, Doug, if they're going to opt out. Yeah. If, if you're going to opt out, let's let's add some humor in this. Am I right? Am I right? The next time someone of note opts out, I'm going to tweet live look at projected first-round picks, and it's the Kramer gif. I so shall maybe retweet it. By- I shall <laughs> retweet. Thou shall retweet. Josh Jackson, uh, Maryland quarterback, opting out. I mean, all these first-round picks. <laughs> That's not true. That's He's not, not true uh, at all, Doug. Yeah, this is just a weird, weird time. And um, we, you and I have been on record as saying we believe there's going to be a college football season. We believe it's going to start. We don't know if it's going to finish. It's back to the Seinfeld thing. Anyone could start a season. Anyone could take a reservation. It's the holding <laughs> of the reservation. It's the finishing of the college football season. <laughs> And uh, that's kind of where that's kind of where we're at. And, and I was talking to uh, one of Name my drop. friends who I host. I host the show Sunday morning, Myron Metcalf. Um, I was I like filling in. I was doing a first take, your take on Thursday on ESPN nice. Radio, which is a plug for a show that no longer exists. But um, we, we talked to Myron about it. He said, you know, the season kicks off whenever September third, September September fourth, October fourth, October fourth, October fourth, September fourth. <laughs> Um, he said, get, get back to me the night before the game. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. I mean, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I I think we're going to know a lot. I mean, look at me. 
pulling the the line that's been uttered for four straight months. We'll know a lot in the next two weeks. But this, I really feel like this is the first time we will because people are coming back to campus. That's the little tidbit in this that I feel like has gotten lost for some in like basically this entire pandemic has been going on when school hasn't been in session, right? Like all of a sudden now things are gonna things are gonna look very interesting when school across the board from elementary school to high school to now campuses people start to flood back there but I, yeah i'm with you I, I i'll there's a part of me that'll believe it when when i see it uh but boy it's uh it's gonna be interesting man I'm, i hope so i hope it happens with everybody this opting out nebraska is going all the way brother this is true this has been the um one of those times where you just say Look, I, I understand players opting out. I understand all the concern. You just hope you can get this season going. Um, and I, you know, you see the Big Ten players and and the demands and the Pac-12 saying, "Hey, we want this, we want that," and a lot of that makes sense. And a lot of it, a lot of it was was odd because you're asking for things that the Big Ten just announced they're going to give you, like some of these tests and some. Yeah. Of, like I don't know if they actually read it before they submitted it. I think they just said as soon as that schedule comes out you're and those protocols. As soon as those protocols come out, we're going to submit it. You are on a panel. We're going to put it on the Players' Tribune. You are on a panel. Uh, we're going to uh, do it. So, yeah, a lot of it made sense, but um, I'm glad the Big Ten didn't include, hey, we would like 175% of the revenue of college football. I mean, I'm glad come, they didn't. Come on, I'm Pac-12, getting your 50-50 rev share game right. Come on, bro. I think the Pac-12 was like the typical, stereotypical guy of like, hey, honey, can I go to Vegas with the fellas this weekend? No, that's crazy. Okay, can I just go out to Rick's house tonight and hang out? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a negotiating ploy. You ask for the moon. Go for the big thing. And, yeah, you, you try and then, uh, you know, see where, it, see where it lands. So I don't know that uh, anything's going to come of that. I think the... The interesting thing is you talk about, you know, the testing and we want to be tested within 24 hours of game time, which makes sense to me. I texted uh, with an epidemiologist nice. uh, guy up at Mayo, Mayo Clinic who I've been who I've been come to uh, be Twitter friends with. Wow. And he said his most surprising aspect of the Big Ten request was the specific um, specificity. Nice. The specificity of you missed it. You the... specificed it. You missed it. <laughs> oh, went over my COVID. You yeah, missed it. You it went over your head then. Yeah. Oh, it went over my head. Yeah. It's so stupid. So stupid. Okay, what is the specificity um, of what now? Of what? he was. Uh, let me. The what? And the why? <laughs> the level of. Sp- of specificity regarding the performance criteria of the testing. Like we want something that has no more than 1% false negatives. And then the day of testing, we want tests that have no better than 5% false negatives. Like, look, man, all that stuff sounds great. I don't know if you're going to be able to get that. How about 50%? That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Deal. Yeah. I don't, I I think with the PAC 12 thing, what I'm curious about is how many players were actually on board with this, with these demands, because I thought it was interesting. Uh, who was it? Elijah Molden, the good the good corner from Washington. His his response to the demands were as if he was reading the demands when everyone else was. So you you just you wonder how you know. You, I know it's the hashtag We Are United, but how united are they really? 
And it's one thing to say we'll sit out, but how many of you are actually willing to boycott and and sit out this season? That's that's interesting to see. And then I always wonder. I, I try to. I, it, sometimes it's it's flawed to press upon your lens of how you view things at age. 36, 40, 45, 50 years old onto how you, how a 20-year-old would feel. You know, you sit there and you go like, well, why would these guys play? It's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I sometimes think back to when I, like, I really try to go back to when I was 20, 21 years old. God, it would have taken, it had taken quite a bit for me to to, to actively say, no, I don't want to play. Now, newsflash, I was not a projected first-round pick or anything like that. I was a projected first-round pick at 1620 The Zone, but... That wasn't enough to have me opt out. But so I you are on the pine. You are on a panel. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I wonder how many guys actually how how the general consensus of players actually feel about things in terms of whether they want so to play many players. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many players. I mean, you could have you could have you have a thousand players say this is how we feel. Well, that's just a fraction of the number of players in the power five. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I and mean, what's the difference between sitting out and opting out? I don't, you know, boycotting slash opt out. I, I mean, there really, to me, isn't much of a difference. And when you opt out, you're still going to be still have your scholarship and all that. We're, we saw a bunch on Friday of guys deciding to opt out because training camps were starting. Uh, but you know, you don't really see that from teams that are competing for and likely going to be in the college football playoff or win national championships. But Look, what, where are we going to be at the end of this thing? Where it's you've got this conference playing ten. Oh, this game, this team could only get in seven games. This league can only get in this. And it's funny how Major League Baseball says we are going to expand the postseason. What the heck? Let's do it. And the NBA says, hey, you know what? Let's do a play-in kind of two two right. game tournament for the eight seed. And let's do this and do it in a bubble in the NHL. You know what? Everyone's in the playoffs. Let's just <laughs> do this. And college football says, hmm, we're going to postpone the selection day by two weeks. But it's still 14 and the dates are still the same. And we ain't budging because hashtag college football. That's it. You know? like they, there's no chance. What perfect year to just say, you know what? We're going to add a couple of playoff games, at least one, so that no Power 5 league is left out because $6 million goes to the, le- the league of the team that makes the playoff. So $6 million, that can go a long way to help out some teams. Why not just give it a little wiggle room and right. say, you know what? Let's make sure every Power 5 league is in. Let's get a group of five in here just for this year. Now, I know it's easy to say that because then once the toothpaste is out of the tube, then you've got some major issues. But that's where this is headed anyway. you got to find new ways of doing things yeah, and I, I spread don't think, the wealth a little bit. I don't think anybody would. I mean, let's say you would do that. You'd, you'd kind of just scrap what the normal structure would be. And, I mean, you're already doing that. So if you would do that for the postseason, I think everyone would understand if, let's say, things are back to normal a year from now, I don't think people are expecting a pandemic college football plan to exist when a pandemic's not going on. But, yeah, it's – if we – to me, if we just – if we get to Thanksgiving and we we have completed the season, I mean, just hallelujah, who cares at that point? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the last thing anyone is going to do right now is add games. Right. Like that's just not happening. Like, hey, well, how would the optics be? And again, I say these ideas because I know they're not going to happen, and they just make for good fodder. But I, how would those optics be? Sorry, we eliminated all the non-conference games, but at the end of the season, we're adding non-conference games. <laughs> 
They're called the college football playoff. And it. that's what we're going to do. I love like, it, man. Uh, and it's tough. I mean, you, you were a high school sports athlete. You saw what happened in Omaha on yeah. Friday with the canceling of false sports. And it's just, I mean, look, I, you don't want to get political on this stuff. You just feel for everybody, whether it's legitimate danger or just not feeling comfortable playing. I, I mean, I think those are those two aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Yeah, I think, but just the ripple effects this whole thing has is just too bad. It's it's a lot of things can be true at the same time, and that's something that so many people want to act like isn't reality. But you know, like you said, are people comfortable? Eh. Are people? Is it safe? Who knows? But. All that doesn't minimize how important sports are. I think it's easy for non-sports people to poo-poo sports. Like, oh, you can't play football, boo-hoo. Well, pretty much every every study shows that kids that, that are involved in some sort of extracurricular activity, they perform better scholastically. Their attendance is better. Their grades are better. And I, I think we all – Chick, you're around enough – you know how it is. You you were around college sports enough. I I was around college sports. I was a college athlete, and I even understand, you know, the fact that sports oftentimes is that one thing that is guiding and motivating student athletes to stay on the right path, make the right decisions, and 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 keep their life going in the right direction. The reality is there are a lot of kids that are, I don't want to say hanging on by a thread, but they're on thin ice. And football or basketball or whatever sport is that thing that helps them. So I I get it, man. It's easy to minimize high school football or minimize sports as, oh, you don't get it. Oh, so you don't get to watch, you don't get to watch guys knocking heads in helmets. It's like, well, it's so much more than that. It really is. And so for, for everyone that, that, that poo-poos it, I think you're being a little short-sighted. With all that said, I certainly understand that to a certain degree, nothing takes precedent over health and safety of, of communities and everyone involved. I just think a lot of things can be true at the same time, and it's just it's sad, man. It's, it's, this, this whole situation is sad. It's frustrating that there's a lot of these, a lot of these kids. I mean, sometimes for these kids – when, when you're going into your senior year, this is your last year you're ever going to play organized sports, and it might be gone. Yeah, it's one thing to maintain your scholarship in college sports and say, well, we'll you'll still be whatever you were, a junior. You won't lose your eligibility. It's not the same in high school. Like, you're, you're graduating. You know, you're going to do virtual learning or whatever. Just because you're not on the field doesn't mean you're not continuing toward graduation. And there is no, hey, you got five years to finish this high school career. No, you get your diploma and you're out of there. And so that's a tough deal. Like imagine if you or uh, there are a lot of athletes who didn't get to play their senior year. We talk about, oh, it's just sports. It's like our jobs. This is their livelihood. A lot of these kids find their identity in what they are doing on the field and try to use that to get to a better place uh, in their lives and, and to be able to get scholarships or to put something on film for people. And it's more than just sports. Here's what we don't know. We don't know how safe football is like the actual playing of football. Like we don't, we, we can't really answer that question, but the one thing I feel like I can unequivocally say with pretty, with definitive confidence without having any sort of evidence to back it up other than my own life experiences and just understanding how athletes work 
athletes are going to make better social decisions if they have the motivation of sports, and in this particular instance, football. They just are. I'm, I'm, I, that's why I, I always go back to something that Scott Frost said that, you know, he made the, the point that, you know, a lot of these kids are going to, a lot of uh, people are getting COVID. Like, they're, they're going to get it. I, I don't want to say they're going to get it anyways, but to a certain extent, they're going to get it anyways. And you could, there's a case to be made, an argument to be made that these players are safer if they're playing sports because they're going to make better social decisions. They're, and then at least this is where the difference between high school and college is. They're going to get tested regularly in college. That's where it gets hard with high school because, you know, high school, let, let's yep, be honest, Omaha it. Northwest football's budget doesn't account for testing all of their high school players twice a week, you know, but colleges can do that. That's why FCS, that's why Division Two. that's why Division Three said, uh, sorry, we can't really do this. Yes. We can't, you know, a lot of these leagues, we can't really do this. It's not because they don't want to do it. It's because they can't afford to do it. And I know people will say, well, you know, Division One has a lot more money at stake and the Power Five has a lot more money at stake and that's why they're pushing forward. That's part, that is true. Yeah, and sure. I will never disagree with that. But the other part of that is they also have the money to see if they can make it happen. 100%. And that's the difference. You can afford the testing. You can afford the three days, two or three tests a week per player per team in order to move forward. You know, MEAC, SWAC, some FCS conferences, whether it's Big Sky or what have you, Division Two, Division Three, they can't afford to do no. these things. And and so that that's where I, I kind of give the pushback of they're just doing this for the money. Well, they're also doing it because they can afford to do it. And once you hit a certain wall, obviously, you would, you would think they'd turn around. And that's why we're still unsure whether or not we're going to have a college football season. But, yeah, I get, you, you go back to these high school athletes and thinking, what, what would I be covering Friday night on KETV without Man. high school sports? Right. And think about the livelihood of these communities, not just Omaha, but – you know, if it gets filtered out to other districts, these small towns where that's the place to go on a Friday night, and and now that's just going to be empty, and maybe these college stadiums are going to be empty. It'd be interesting to see what Bill Moose and them decide to do. But yeah, it's just it's it's sports, but it's not. I don't want virtual fans. I want real ones, and that's probably not going to happen. No, but you're right. I mean, you know, the whole thing's well, money motivates. It's like, well, yeah, it does, but it also motivates the money motivates your ability to test and do it safely at the division one power five level. And, you know, in some ways that's the reason they're going to forge through. And, and one of the reasons I can at least wrap my mind around, if we all agree that testing is vital and critical, I can wrap my mind around how certain high schools and districts are going, we can't test or FCS levels or whatever, we can't test. So therefore it's hard to do it safely. You know, I, I, it's going to be the, – the thing that still has not gotten laid out, and and it, I'm sure it's kind of like, you know, the whole, you know, you'll know it when you see it kind of a thing, but yeah. I still don't feel yeah. like we've set out what constitutes a cancellation of the season. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe, maybe you can't define that because there's no way to know and you'll know it when you get rolling, but I still think it's interesting that we, we kind of don't know what that answer is. You know, we're going to – everyone's – starting to get testing mandates and protocols in place and their schedules in place. But what does it take for a, for a, a, a game to get canceled? Who's making that call? Uh, what does it take for 
a season to get canceled? Who's who's exactly making that call? Are each school is that come down to the school prep? Like, I think there are still are there still are a handful of unanswered questions as it feels like we continue to answer certain questions. Yeah, it almost feel like it'll be like how the end of college basketball was, where it's like, how do you even proceed? Yeah, right. How do you even proceed with this? There were a lot more unknowns at that time, but I think, you know, I think there are a couple of things. I think one, once a player becomes very, very sick, if that were to happen, like a hospitalization, we saw the Indiana player. We I didn't know anyone had been to the ER, and then he, uh, Brady Feeney, had been to the ER, a freshman offensive lineman for Indiana, and he's still trying to come back. So those are the kind of things where I remember when that story came out. I was on Sirius XM of the Big Ten Channel, and I said. I don't know how they release a schedule tomorrow, given this news. Yeah. And they wound up not releasing it the next day, and they, and they pushed it back a day. But you know that story gave people a lot of pause. But, yeah, go to the contact tracing part of this whole thing where it's, hey, uh, sorry, we had an offensive lineman test positive after the game. Okay. So he was going up against this defensive tackle. That defensive tackle was next to this defensive end. That offensive lineman was a guard, so he's next to the center and the tackle. Right. All of those things where you go, okay, there's probably 15 players, 10 to 15 maybe, that have to be quarantined for the next game. And then you go, okay, let's use those bye weeks and push it back. Then eventually you just run out of bye weeks. You run out of time, and the optics look terrible. And I – I read Pete Thamel's story in Yahoo Sports where he spoke to unnamed sources, which is what we're all doing right now. And that unnamed source said, no one wants to be the first to pull the plug, but we all know where this is ending. We all know where this is headed. And and maybe that's maybe that's the maybe case. That's reality. Who knows? I think the big and I think to put a bow on this whole conversation, I think the biggest issue, like you said, we're gonna find out in a couple weeks when we finally figure out what it looks like when these schools partially open. Not a lot of them are saying we're 100% in class. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of them are virtual learning. And so there will be opportunities to social distance and not do this and not do that. But the temptations are still there. The parties are still there. The co-eds are still there. The people on other sports are still there. We saw that at Colorado State. And so it's hard to imagine a scenario where we are not on a week-to-week basis having teams at less than 100% because of what happens on college campuses. It's just hard to do. We've seen it in the most controlled environment possible this summer when it's just essentially the student-athletes. And, and last thing, with, with the student, because you mentioned the student, the student body coming, some of the student body coming back onto campus and the temptations that exist there. Did you see what happened at Louisville with some soccer players and some volleyball players where they got dismissed from the team because they threw a party? And you can certainly put that under the umbrella of violation of team rules, I wouldn't be surprised if you see, like I guarantee you Scott Frost have has had conversations with the players. I mean, you have these conversations anyways, like, hey man, we're in the season. You know, Coach Altman's line, he says, like, fellas, I'm just asking four months to think about ball. Just think about ball, fellas. <laughs> just, you know, like, that was it. But like, that's another way of saying, like, hey, don't make good decisions. Don't go to that party. But now, not only are there ram- – you're not just going to be, like, tired and hung over from going to that party. There's a chance you catch COVID and spread it to the team and it cancels the game. So, like, I- I'm telling you, there's going to be rule team rules put into place where if they can prove that – 
you went to a party and that's how you contracted the virus, which could be hard to, to prove with how everything is. But nevertheless, that you I'm not saying you'll see some guys get kicked off the team just like you saw at Louisville, but I'm you better believe there's going to be some significant peer pressure and coaching pressure to the players to make good social decisions now. No one wants to be the Rudy Gobert of college football. No. No one wants to be the Rudy Gobert for Nebraska saying, sorry, we shut this down. We shut it down because you'll be able to figure out where you were. Love people. Everyone's got phones. Everyone's got friends. Everyone knows everybody. Someone knows somebody. You'll figure it out. I disagree with the dismissing of players because they went to a, like they were doing college kids stuff. We're expecting players to do things that are just out of the realm of, yes, you hope they would listen, but man, you always have to remember where we were at, at, at that time. People make stupid decisions all of the time, and it's unfortunate, you know, people like Louisville soccer getting dismissed from a team for doing that just seems a little overboard. But again, that just shows you how seriously people are taking. This I bet, Chick, I bet they're going to have I mean, we would have curfew checks at dorms where there'd be some GA or intern waiting and going room to room and, and figure, I bet you're going to see stuff like that. Where I mean, remember, I remember when Turner Gill got the Kansas job. He had some super strict social rules of, you, you know, like curfews. Uh, you couldn't have co-eds in your room. Like it was just a, I can't remember what they were, but it was a lot of rules. So like, I don't know. At the like we've we've seen coaches and teams make strict social policies before. It's just that what's at stake. Now is totally different, but I, I just I wouldn't be surprised if you have strict rules in that regard, and they even have curfew checks and guys literally standing by the dorm making sure dudes are staying in there. And whether you think that's right or wrong is, I guess, up to you. You know, I do believe there is an there is an opportunity for these power fives to create some sort of bubble, some pseudo bubble, because let's be honest about what these power five programs have. They got their own facilities. They've got their own dorms. A lot of them, they, some of them never even interact with the rest of the student body. Mm -hmm. Look at Clemson, for example, they've got entertainment centers, golf courses, you know, mini yeah. putt, putt the slide and everything like there's never a reason they, that's where they go. Class is over. Boom. They go back to the facility. That's kind of where they live. So there are those opportunities to at least try and create that sort of thing. And you're right, the pressure and the peer pressure of making sure that you're not the one canceling. I can't believe you mentioned Turner Gill. You know what he had? He didn't have rules. He had this. Come on up in here. Let's give me a swagger. He had swagger. Swagger was rule number one in the Turner Gill rule book. There were a couple of things here I wanted to get to, and apologies for the very serious nature that we took there. I don't. Sheesh. I, I, I'm sick Shaking of these Nick. serious conversations. I know. But this has taken me too long to get to, and I can't believe it took this long. And I apologize to everyone for, for this. I know what you're getting at. You had one of the more remarkable social media moments that anyone will ever have <laughs> in the media, especially someone who played at Lincoln Southeast and is trapped doing Omaha radio and yeah. podcasting. But being a national Fox Sports analyst certainly gives you some some clout on the social media platform. And that blue check mark means a lot. Huge. You tweeted out on August 5th. October 5th? August 5th. October 4th. September 4th. Okay. 
You tweeted, the player that I'm always blown away by when I watch is Damian Lillard. And you tweeted, you included him in the tweet at Dame underscore Lillard. I know he's great, but somehow he impresses me more and more each time I see him. Tough, incredible ball handler slash creator, can score anywhere, clutch, just an amazing player. That was at 548. At 548. Yes. So seconds later, Damian Lillard retweets your tweet with thank you. A quote tweet with thank you. And he was so quick to do it. He didn't even put a period at the end of it. It was just (laughs) thank you. And you retweeted that tweet. That was a 60-second portion of your life that went by in a blur but created such a social media firestorm where you latched on Damian Lillard. And then, of course, which was the least surprising aspect of this, he quote tweets it with the thank you. And you immediately, this is at 558 after you found out he did this, you respond to him with, you got it. Love watching you hoop with the fist bump emoji. Yeah, that's how me and Dame be doing it. Now, can you believe that? I mean, there's a lot to unpack in that. Now, I do want to say that I think you're getting a little greedy because that was on August 5th. The next night, the next night at 1049 p.m. Eastern Time, you retweeted Damian Lillard, his 11th three-pointer in the game. It was a video from Fox Shouts out to and you retweeted, thank you, and you retweeted it, this dude, dot, 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 my goodness. When you did that, were you anticipating more love from Damian Lillard? I was. I thought, let's see if, I felt the Damian Lillard train slowing down a little, and I had to throw a couple, let's get in the, co- let's throw some coal in there. Let's throw it in there. Let's see if we rev this thing back up. We got to keep her going, man. You better believe that's what you I'm guys thinking. are. You guys are going to be pen pals. You are on a panel. <laughs> but but seriously, go back to the original tweet when you did that and you found out he retweeted you. Like you are a media member, but first and foremost, you are a basketball oh. lover. Like it's an incestuous relationship yeah. you have with uh, the round ball there. So what was that like? What happened internally? To well, you? a couple of things. Like. Whenever you tweet stuff about, like, a professional athlete, I'm always, like, there's always that, like, okay, do I tag the per- You know, am I going to say, hey, wow, at LeBron, at King James, or am I just going to say LeBron James? So I, I thought, so I got to that point in the tweet, right. I'm like, am I going to tag Damian Lillard? And I'm like, oftentimes I'll do it if the, if the Twitter handle is explanatory of who it is. There's nothing worse than a, right. a tweet right. and there's, like, at cross cross two two you know what it do you're like who the heck is cross cross two two you know what it do and you click on it you're like alex caruso what you are on a panel you are on a panel cross cross two you know what it do and, uh, you know what i'm saying though you're like that's, who is that? i think that's uh doug mcdermott's twitter that is that was that, was, that is that's his burner account right there i need to be careful make sure that i'm not giving away his burner account but so i, I debated that and i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say at dame lillard and it was bizarre. You know when you hit a tweet, for some reason the first thing you kind of do is, for some reason you just immediately click like the mention. 
You know, like you go to the mention, quickly see, like right. I don't know, you know, and literally, as you pointed out, it not under a minute, like within seconds, he retweets it with thank you, and I I had like a ten second out of body experience, like. I ha- I wasn't seeing it right or something, you know. Like I, I I didn't even know what my eyes were telling me, but to say I started strutting my stuff around the house is an understatement. I mean, I was pun- and then I had to play it cool though. You you noted the time difference from when I responded. Yes. yes. Shit, come yes. on, you know how it is, man. You got to play it cool a little bit, you know. <laughs> I let I was like, you know what? We're gonna let this sit for about ten minutes. Make Dame know that you know. I will marry him on top of a panel. Veronica and I are going to get married on top of a panel. <laughs> but I'm not desperate. That's right. You didn't want to. I'm not desperate about that. I'm not desperate about that retweet. I'm not happy about, happy about, happy about, happy about, happy about that. But that's very, <laughs> that's very astute of you because you don't want to sound like you're going to smother him. No one wants to be smothered in a relationship. No. No one wants to feel, you know, like there's a codependency or a neediness to that relationship. So you waited. I'm, I know you saw it immediately, but you waited 10 minutes to do the response yeah. of love watching you. Hoop. And and I wanted to make sure the one thing you don't want to do is then your response be like, dearest Damien. I sincerely appreciate your response. The way you play basketball ignites the inner soul in me that loved, you know, like you don't want some long thing too. So I wanted to, I wanted to wait a little bit and then I wanted kind of a nonchalant response. Like you got it, man. It's nothing, man. I get, I had Chris Paul. I'm Matt Davidson here. Chris Paul was tweeting at me yesterday, man. Huge call, huge tweet. Wow, Greg, what a huge play that was. Hold on a second. Is that Davison or Kent Walgamont? Because I feel like they come from the same tree. And it's a touchdown. It's a retweet from Damian Lillard. And the, and the, and the ball's going to win the social media game. <laughs> Retweets brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Board. Second down and five. Damian Lillard under center. And it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown, Portland. <laughs> and Portland's going to get the eight seed. The Blazers are going to get the eight seed. <laughs> it's Damian Lillard, long list of three, brought to you by Dorothy Lynch Salad Dressing. Add a kick to anything you want in a kitchen. You're listening to Big Red Blazer Football. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Portland's going to get the eight seed. And Portland's going to get the eight seed. That's what's going to happen here. But, yeah, I played it cool, right? Me and Dame. Sometimes I think about Dame's life. It's like, God, what a life, man. You went to Weber State, you murdered human beings, and then you get drafted, oh, you dominate. I mean, you, you've, we've all shot by ourselves in the driveway or in, on, a, on a court somewhere, and you know how you play your imaginary games? You know, you're like, all right, Boz got 48. He's sizing him up. Three, bang. The shot he hit to beat Oklahoma City last year to give him 50 and hit it over Paul George. Like, that is a shot you shoot in your driveway when you're playing pretend basketball. He did it in a real game. I love you, Dame. Sounds like you're out of breath there. I'll let you uh, I'll let you catch your breath. Yes, he did that last – he should have retired after that. Year uh, he, because that's, he should have thought about it, you know. And, he, and he's a good rapper, too. It's like, golly, Doug. Oh, you're geez, shaking all the boxes. Reason. You are on a panel! <laughs> So yes, that was. That, I did. I did throw this out though on Twitter. 
I said, what could, I tweeted this from the Schick and Nick Show a Twitter account, which, by the way, followed on Twitter, at Schick Nick Show. What could ever possibly top this moment for Nick on social media? We'll share your answers on the next episode. There were a lot of responses. Uh, this is from Brett. Nick getting his caller Kathy game right. You're an excellent point guard and an excellent person. I admire you greatly. And Enjoy Damien, your bye. Damien was just like, all right, thanks. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're a great three-point shooter, Damien. I just love watching you handle the ball. That's it, I mean, it's pretty much what our interaction was. I was Kathy. Damien was Bo Pelini. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. It was it was But you're an excellent coach and an excellent person, and I admire you greatly. So thanks, that's thanks, all I have Kat. to say. Enjoy thanks. your bye. Appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> Have a great season, the rest of it. Thank you very much. Take care, Bo. You too. Enjoy your bye. Thank you very much. Have a great season. Appreciate it. I admire you greatly. Thanks. That's all I have to say. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your bye. 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 You too. Have a great season, the rest of it. Thank you very much. You're awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks. That's all I have to say. Enjoy your weekend. Take care, Bo. You too. Enjoy Thanks. your bye. Matt Alliance. Let's come back closer to home. And <laughs> oh, that's what it that was. Is, it's still just classic, that but be, that's what it was, right? You and you and Damien. I was Kathy, Bo Pelini, Damian Lillard. That's how it went down, Doug. Uh, Elliot said, only two things come to mind that would be better getting followed by either Tom Brady or Holland Oates. Oh, um, Carol Hall, John Oates. Uh, like th- this one says, uh, Tony, who's the author of The Sweet Drop Sweet. from the old show. Sweet. He says, with the exception of Ray Ray, who I've heard may have had a jump shot. Ray Ray's got a jump shot. Ray Ray's got a jump shot. Ray Ray's got a jump shot. Becoming a godfather to the children, I'm going to have to say not much will top this moment. Come on. Uh, Mike says, uh, me letting Nick Baugh know he is considered a celebrity aardvark at Irving Middle School. Yeah, Irving Middle School, Doug. Better believe it. Apparently your boy gets some loves and some assemblies. Your boy is peaked. I was on a panel at Irving! (laughs) You are on a panel! Uh, Let's see. Oh, and... How about this? Triple B uh, printing, uh, T-shirt printing, said, how about the fact that Nick also got a reply on the thread from K.D. Lang? Yeah. I had to Google her. K.D. Lang responded to your your tweet with 100%. K.D. Lang. Did you know who K.D. Lang was? No. No. You don't remember the song Constant Craving? Like, that song was I'm a sure if huge, I heard it, I would. Huge, huge song. Huge. And it's a hit song. It's going to be on the top of the Billboard game. Uh, so Ray tweeted, Michael Jordan remembering this day would top it, and it was you with Michael Jordan. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be big. That'd be a big one for me. And then I also had a couple of these, which is how we'll eventually end this podcast today. A couple of them. Uh, this is Mustache Adam. <laughs> tweeting, <laughs> Great. You got to love it. Being Rex's first dance at his wedding. And then there were, uh, let's see. <laughs> Rex's first dance. Oh, Joseph tweeting, I want to Damian Lillard you up. 
And this one from Brian, he had these three. Uh, Jay-Z complimenting his flow on Win the North. Hillary Swank shouting him out on National Twin Day. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) And Rex Burkhead singing a parody of Usher's You Got It Bad instead of, you you know, You Got It Bod. Yeah. um, Dedicated to Nick. And that leads us to the the other crush that you had on the show, which uh, on the old show, the Chicken Nick Show, which used to be on in, in Omaha. And again, that's why we're doing this podcast for the loyal listeners of the past, the new listeners of the present and future. But um, you used to have some sort of love affair with Rex Burkhead, who is still in the National Football League. And that was the origination of, I believe, your infatuation with Rex Burkhead was the origination of the Calm Down drop, was it, it not? Yes, from, correct. From, 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 from Mitch, Mitch Sherman. Sherman. I think yeah. Mitch Sherman, who now writes for The Athletic, had a comment about Rex Burkhead or something. You got excited during the interview, <laughs> and then he said, calm down. Calm down. Um, <laughs> but do you remember why you got what the whole Rex Burkhead thing was about? Do you remember? On why I got into him? Why I fell in head over heels yeah. in love with him? I don't know. I just, the first time I watched him play, Literally, the first time he touched the football, I was in the West Balcony, and just, I was feeling some things. From my head to my toe, dog, I was like, ooh, look at him. You don't <laughs> okay, know what I mean. I didn't know it would go that deep. I, I, so I, don't, I think I just, you know, he was a pretty highly touted guy. He was, he was yeah. like a, a Texas high school football legend out of Plano. And so, the, so you, there was kind of a lot of, a lot of buzz around him. And then you, I watched him play and just thought the guy was fantastic the moment I saw him play. And, I mean, he's got a name. His name is Rex, you know? I mean, that, that in and of itself just gets you kind of crunk. Am I right? Or am I right? If his name were Doug Smith, you would not have no. been as infatuated. No, right? Bill Smith. would be like, how about that running back Bill Smith from Plano, Texas? I'm like, he's okay. He's doing some good things. He's doing some good things. He's yes. no Thunder Collins. <laughs> but that, no, it just was, it was uh, as simple as yeah. that. So then you decided to get into the lab and write a song, and it became a classic on the show. Would you care to set this up and what went into the uh, writing of this song? Yeah, well, so if I'm not mistaken, with a name like Rex, there's, I mean, there's, let's talk about Rex, baby. You know, there, there are a lot of different songs that you can do a parody of, and I, I just felt like, I want to. I want to wreck you up. Was that was the way to go? And if I'm not mistaken, what's so funny about it? It was he's like wasn't even the starting running back. It was a song that we played that was pseudo a pump up song for the Missouri game. So there was so many things about the 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 circumstances of the song that were kind of bizarre. But I had a a blast writing this song. When you listen to it. I am trying to go falsetto, super high voice for the entire, for at the start. And then about halfway through the song, I just, in, in what is a horrible display of musical decision making, I just punt on trying to sing really high and I go into this different voice halfway through, which I don't think anyone's ever really done successfully, except you Boysenberry here, but... Yeah, it was uh it was it was good. I'm not this I want to Rex you up there. I still will get anytime Rex does anything even in the NFL, I'll get people tweeting at me, I want to Rex you up, I want to Rex you up. It's great. I love it. So, you uh you wrote the song, it became a classic hit. Let's listen. This is what it sounded like again, the first real 
crush that you had on the show was Rex Burkhead, who still has stood the test of time, just <laughs> like your love for him. To the tick-tock, you don't stop. 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 To the A long lead in here. It is. Come on, Nick, get in there. Don't let me tell you about a player you don't know. Listen to these hands, cause your defense hell exposed. We've been waiting all year long to get revenge on your team. Cause I've been dying for you to lose to Bopalini. He packs some broy. He wears number 22 Listen up so you will know how That is from play now I want to wreck you up All night North and south is where he goes. He sees the cutback and explodes. No Mizzou running backs can do it better. Catching passes in the flats. The Tigers think that they are good. But it's time for them to wake up. Bo's got a secret for you. Too much for I wanna wreck you up. Oh, I'm not. I wanna wreck you up. Pinkle, I gotta tell you, there's just a player that you just you just don't know about, but he's damn good. They call him Superman. done, Pinkle. You're done. Okay. Oh, my gosh. All right. So I had not heard that whole song in, you know, eight years, nine years. Um, a couple of takeaways there. It's a song about Rex Burkhead, but you mentioned Gary Pinkle's name so much more. So much. That's what. That's what's so funny. It's not necessarily just a love song about Rex. It's like 
a diss track to Gary Pinkle in Missouri too. That's what. That's, that's why you got to get some cut because it's like, why is Pinkle so intimately involved in this song? You know, he's but, the first word of the song. Yes. He's the first word. Pinkle, let me tell you about a player you don't know. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I put way too much extra sauce on so many. Roy, oh. hey, Lou, hey, I put on <laughs> way. He back some Roy, hey, Lou, hey. <laughs> and then you know he, he's he sees the cutback and explodes <laughs> like him. He sees the cutback and explodes. Horrible. I have like terrible. A, I get tased in the uh, middle of singing "Explode." Explode. Um, we did a techno remix of that. I'll, <laughs> we'll end the this show with it uh, because I thought the techno, as good as that song was, the techno remix was one that I could listen to all day. Right, but do you remember when I asked? I went down to Nebraska and was there for a game, and after the game. I asked Rex Burkhead about that song. Do you remember that? I do. I do. And I remember being moderately embarrassed that you had asked him, but I remember I, I remember feeling pretty cool that he had at least I don't know if he said he had heard the song, but I know he had heard of the song. I can't remember exactly. Let's how go it went. back. This is uh the show, uh Shick and Nick show, November twenty third. Uh, right after, uh, I guess, you know, a month after that song aired, maybe a couple. Look, this is really in the infant stages of social media. Just because you put something out there doesn't mean anyone sees it. Word got down to Lincoln. It took a while to get down those 60 minutes uh, down yeah. I-80. But uh, let's listen here. Chicken Nick show, oh, 1620 boy. Zone. Good God. Yeah. Well, uh, on that note, I do want to mention <laughs> again tonight. The singer of this song. Yeah, the singer of this song. You can hear him tonight. And that is me, Nick Baugh. From 6 to 7 p.m., there's going to be the Blue Jay Breakdown Show. It's every Monday night. On 1620, I'm going to have coach, assistant coach Darren DeVries on. Like he's me, got, Nick Ball. There you go. It's going to be me, Nick Ball. He's going to break down the Michigan scout. We're going to have a player, either Antoine Young or Peon Snett. Come like on. Me, Nick Ball. We're going to have Nick Ball on there as well. So you got to make sure you join in. You got to listen. We're going to be giving away Nebraska tickets. I mean, we're on the eve of uh, one of the biggest non-conference uh, regular season games uh, in, in recent memory. Nebraska Creighton? Yes. Taking on the Michigan Wolverines. That is going to be something Thursday morning. Uh, well, Thursday, yeah, Thursday 11 morning. o'clock, yeah. 11 o'clock Central Time. Yes, sir. On ESPN The Deuce. I believe it's The Deuce. Yes. I think so. ESPN and ESPN 2. Well, whatever. you're doing the game, but you don't care. You're, no, you're I'm on the radio. radio. Yeah. Um, All right, let's just get to it. Let's just, just like a Band-Aid, let's just get right to it. Just Why do you think this is going to be bad? I don't know. Are you nervous right now? Yeah. You heard the song, I Want to Wreck You Up. That's a song that we've tried to get Nick Baugh to stop singing and Shane to stop playing. But it's funny. You watch a game. You watch a game, <laughs> and things happen in the game that make you think about the show. Think about right. certain instances in the show. Every time I was at the game, every time I see someone start the wave. Yeah. Every time I see someone start the wave, I think about one of my lyrics in the song. Oh, my God. Here comes the wave. Naturally, and I mean, even even a guy like Bo Root, the second Rex Burkhead got in the game, he texts me, he backs up Roy, hey, Lou, hey, <laughs> Tony says, boys, I have a confession, a confession to make. 
I too, every time Rex even got in the game, I started belting out the refrain to color me boss epic. I want to Rex you up sitting right next to my cousin. I think after the third quarter, it was starting to wear thin, but undaunted. I continued to sing without any guilt or shame. Love the show. Good job. That's what you need to do. I don't think that's what you need to do. Also, the oh my God, here comes away. But also now you look at this schedule. Yeah. I, I smell, smell 10, 10 and four. I mean, it is shaping up. That will negate any jinx this show might have had, even though we had Daryl Morris, you had Cad coach on, and they lost by like 40 points. But that's not important. We're not, division we're, play. Even though we had Bill Snyder on and they got drubbed by Nebraska by 14. Even though we, for the first time in radio history, we had a deer on the show and I hit, hit I ran him over later that <laughs> night. It doesn't matter. Chicken Nick show 60, 20 of the zone. I talked to Rex Burkhead oh boy. after the game. I had a lengthy interview, and then the last 40 seconds, I asked him <laughs> this. Uh, I did want to ask you, Nick Baugh kind of has a man crush on you. I think you're just a terrific football player, and he wrote the song, I Want to Wrecks You Up. Um, it's a weird song. Um, have you heard about this song? I've, I've heard about it. One of the trainers told me the other day uh, he had heard it on the radio, but, I mean, I, I haven't heard it yet, so, I mean. I mean, when a guy writes a song about you, I mean, have you ever had that happen in your life? I've never had that happen, so that's a new experience. <laughs> I uh, appreciate it, Nick. Um, I mean, that's, that's an awesome idea, I guess, but, uh, no, I appreciate it. I'm okay. I'm, I, 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 yeah. You know what? You're blushing right now. I, well, You're I mean, I'm, I was I was nervous. I'm okay. That's okay. He he appreciated. What? Listen to the validation he gives you. I uh, appreciate it, Nick. Um, I mean, that's that's an awesome idea, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement of the year. Awesome idea, I guess. I guess. Appreciate it, Nick. Well, I ahead. really wanted him to get to say him get him to say something. Nick, I want to wreck you up. <laughs> but that would have gotten awkward. Things would have gotten weird. I said, whoa, buddy. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you would have refused his overtures. I'm okay. So that wasn't that bad. Come on. Well, that, that wasn't that bad. Chicken Nick Show, 1620. <laughs> got awful. We'll draw. Oh, we draw for the Qdoba winner. Next, we're giving away the taco bar. Yummy. The last one this Wednesday. I want to wreck you up. I uh, appreciate it, Nick. Um, I mean, that's, that's an awesome idea, I guess. <laughs> wow. That, I, so, <sighs> Damian Lillard tweeting back to you, thank you, or Rex Burkhead acknowledging your existence and thanking you for a song he hadn't heard yet. Here's, here's what I don't have is I don't – the beauty and the, the, the good of, of Twitter is you can't hear the tone of what they're saying. Let's just be honest. Rex's tone was extremely like he is pulling away. It's like he met a stalker who was hanging outside of his bushes of his of his house and was like, hey, hey, man, appreciate it. Don't kill me. Please don't <laughs> chop me up into pieces with that with that. Ad. You know, like he was just trying to I, I came across as a crazy stalker and he was just trying to, like, talk me down. So I don't know about how Damian Lillard was, you know, was it like, thank you. Or was it like, thank you you man appreciate it i'm not sure i'm i'm always partial to rexy you know he was my first love he was my first media love you can't take it back on your first love you're a locker stalker man i'm a locker stalker (laughs) i forgot about that i'm a locker stalker man the head coach of the las vegas raiders was all in on jake lock i'm a locker stalker he's been all in on every quarterback since the dawn of time
Do you have any other thing you want to get off your chest here before we say goodbye with uh, the the uh, the techno remix of uh, I Want to Rex You? I think we 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 covered just about everything, man. I think I, I feel good about it. I got it all off my chest. I opened up the podcast, exploded, and got it all off my chest. I open up some salsa, explodes all over my chest. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's sit here uh, and marinate in this song. But uh, this podcast, at least for the time being, is over. And as always, I'm not happy about that. But it's not technically over. Here is the techno remix from I Want to Rex You Up that uh, I was shocked never really received any awards. <laughs> here it is. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna Rex you up. Rex you up. Rex you up. I wanna Rex you up. Pink on, pink on, pink on, pink on, pink on, pink on. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. Let me tell you about a player you don't know. 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 He back some Roy Hey, Lil Hill. He wears number 22. He wears number 22. I wanna wreck you up. You up. You up. Well, wow. I remember that being good, but that is tremendous production. Move over, Dr. Dre. Dr. Schick is in the house. Wow. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Pink up, pink up, pink up, left, pink up. You are on a pink up. You are on a panel. <laughs> All right. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I like it. It's it's fun. A Parkville Media Production.